0: Y'all, I am so excited to talk about this week's episode. I think it's going to be something that you really enjoy and find to be useful for yourself. We're going to be talking about negative self-talk. So if you're anything like me, a human being, you probably more than likely have struggled with negative self-talk. This is something that I talk to my clients about so much because a lot of times we don't really know how common negative self-talk is. So in this episode, I'm going to kind of build your awareness around what negative self-talk is, where it comes from, what it can look like, and a lot of times what it looks like to really not be compassionate towards yourself and have a lot of judgment. I'm also going to go over some practical tips, some personal things I've done, and also some ways that I have introduced this to my clients. But before we get into the episode, let's take a second to hear from one of our sponsors. So let's kind of go over a general awareness of what negative self-talk is, kind of talk about what it looks like more practically, and then I will go into kind of some of the ways that it shows up and where it comes from. Now, this is not going to be an episode that's going to be so, so in-depth about all the nature of negative self-talk. We could talk about this for hours, y'all, literally. But I want to give you some general awareness around it. And then if there's some things that I feel like I didn't really touch on, we'll go into it. So I'm not going to really get into the negative effects of negative self-talk. I'm not going to talk about really just kind of like the consequences of it so in-depth. I'm going to really kind of just give you a general awareness and then go into some practical ways you can start addressing it. So first off, what is negative self-talk? So negative self-talk is basically... The inner voice, the inner critic, the negative or punishing comments you essentially say to yourself, they can kind of be pessimistic, meaning the sense of, oh, I'll never be this way, or I'll never get this right. Or they can be just really mean comments you say to yourself. Essentially, and I I feel like in a lot of ways, our, our belief system, our belief in God, especially in the church culture, paints this picture of, Oh, the enemy is just saying all these things to me. Well, here's the reality. A lot of times our brains try to figure out some way of trying to understand why something isn't happening. That's the general way a lot of times our brains work. It goes to trying to understand the situation, understand why it's happening, and understand it in a way that can be uh, rational to us. A lot of times in our faith, in our personal belief, Y'all, a lot of times, sometimes the, the things that we believe in can sometimes not be rational. And so when you're thinking about faith and you're tying it to your personal mental health, you have to be a little bit more practical and look at the deeper rooted thing of sometimes your brain is just trying to figure out what's going on. But the sometimes the way that it, your brain processes this is by beating yourself up. And so self-talk can come in many different forms. It can kind of come in the way of, I'm not good at this. Maybe I should have done X, Y, and Z instead of trying to go this way. Sometimes you can just be really mean to yourself of like, I'll never get this right. Why am I so stupid? Why did I do this? It can be very hopeless of, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be happy. I'll never get this right. This is just not going to work for me. It won't happen for me. Let's just say you're trying to go out for a job, and instead of you actually taking the step to apply, you look at the overwhelm of trying to apply to a job, and you just say it'll it won't ever work. I won't I won't get that. It's like almost immediate. They can also be very apathetic and kind of go into I'll feel it this anyway, so it doesn't. There's no point of even trying. And then also negative self talk can be very defeating of that looks really hard. Even if I try, I won't be able to do it. So it may be very subtle. It also can be extremely challenging to pinpoint and be aware of because a lot of times when I talk to clients, their viewpoint of negative self-talk is just the way things are. Especially in my own personal stuff, I kind of view negative self-talk as Kind of when I'm stressed out and I have a lot of things in my mind or I have a lot of things going on. I tend to kind of get into the space of, man, I should be able to do all of these things, or I should be able to figure this out. Why am I struggling so bad to figure this out or get this right? And a lot of times that just comes up. It's not always I feel like and this is just me personally, I feel like it's always the enemy attacking me. It can just be a level of stress and just trying to navigate through the day. And so I I say that because a lot of times we put a, a lot of blame on the enemy and not to say that you can't be oppressed. This is not to take away from the fact that we have an oppressor. We have someone who is actually trying to oppress us. But on the other hand, when you're facing difficulty, what are you gravitating to? Are you gravitating to the negative things you say to yourself or are you gravitating to positivity? Are you gravitating towards god Are you gravitating towards your community are you gravitating towards what you know to be true are you gravitating towards the grounding things that happen a lot of times negative talk can also be a form of um we like to call cognitive distortions now this is that's a whole nother topic for another day y'all so i ain't gotta go into all that. but if you want to you can do your own research but this one may be where you look at things very black and white in the sense of it has to be this way. If it's not this way, then it won't work. And it's just kind of like they're very all or nothing type thinking. You kind of overgeneralize things where you make things very general in the sense of this. This is like, for example, let's just say somebody was rude to you um, somewhere. You went out and somebody was rude to you. You kind of just look at people in general as rude instead of thinking like, there are actually really good people. This can happen especially for my my clients who go on dates where they experience like a really bad date or a really bad dating experience. And they're like, dating is just horrible. And I always kind of say, you can't overgeneralize one experience and make it all the way. Like it's gonna always be that way. I also say this for my clients who have... Um, who are dating and are single, and they're probably in their 30s, and I and they're just going to say, I'm I'm going to be single the rest of my life. And I was like, let's just think through that for a second. You've only been an adult, let's say, 15 years. You're going to say at 30 years old, 33, 31, 25, sis, okay, let's just go to my 20-year-olds, 20 20 that you're going to be single for the rest of your life. Let's just say you live to be 60 years old. You're going to cut off 40 years of your life because you're not with somebody right now or you've had some horrible dating experiences. 40 years of your life, and the 60 is still very young. Let's say you live to be 80. You're gonna cut out, ooh, 60 years of your life to say I'll be single the rest of my life because you're not currently with somebody. And so this that's that overgeneralization And this can happen with negative self-talk. Also, you can have just kind of disqualifying the positive, meaning, although that just don't ever work or that won't happen for me. Let's just say you're going through some financial struggle and just kind of never seeing a way to think through it. It's kind of also, you can jump to conclusions and kind of feel like this is just how this person acts or this is just how it is, like, I know it to be true. Um, you may also have some um, should, like shoulda, woulda, coulda. So you kind of beat yourself up around, I should be able to do this. I shouldn't, I should not have to be struggling like this. And, and, and I'm just going to say this, and I may do another podcast because I've been reading the book of Job lately and not really understanding that hardship and struggle. And if you're in this life, you're going to have tribulations. Like Jesus said that. In John, it's actually John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that you, so that in you, you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And there are so many places in the Bible that talk about just having struggles of many kind. And so I want to kind of just say this to say, you're going to have struggle. That doesn't mean that you have to beat yourself up. You just may have to find better strategies or kind of learn to pivot or do things differently. And so this is kind of where I always go to the point of, you know, talking about counseling. Counseling is a way for you to have a unbiased person talk you through what's going on with you. And and I know for my people that have been going to counseling, you may, have, you may be like, girl, that's exactly it. For my people who've never gone to counseling, I want you to really think about, What do you have to lose by somebody helping you talk through where you are? You don't have anything to lose in that way. And I know that we talk about, well, I don't trust people. Well, what you're doing isn't currently working. You not trusting people is not getting you to the new place that you want to be or the place that you want to be at. So instead of complaining about it and saying that there's no point of me even trying, give it a try. Like, we can't get to a point to where we hold ourselves down from trying something just because we've never done it before. And so these are just a couple of examples of how you can have negative self-talk or kind of where negative self-talk comes from, it looks like. Again, very vast. It's not actually like a very small topic. It is very, very detail-oriented. There are other things related to negative self-talk, and I'll kind of talk about this in general really quickly before getting into Kind of what I believe and what I've seen negative self-talk come up with. But there's also some risk factors with negative self-talk. And when I say risk factors, there is some things that can exacerbate this or make this happen more often if you are someone that experiences this. So essentially, people that struggle with negative self-talk, myself included, may have some depression. They may also, or, or let me not say that. You don't have to have the you don't have to have these things going on to experience negative talk. You just may have a higher chance of experiencing it because of what's going on. And also, when I lay these um, mental health concerns out, you may have experienced this at one point in your life, or you may currently be experiencing it and don't know. So just be aware that as I'm talking through this, there could be some things that you would want to be interested in talking to a counselor about, or maybe even wanting to seek medication for. Don't use this podcast as a means of self-diagnosing, but go seek out a mental health professional for yourself. So there is um, a couple of higher chances that you may experience negative self-talk as the following. Depression generalized anxiety disorder so generalized anxiety disorder we like to kind of coin the term of you consistently worry about everything but that's not to always say that just because you are a general worrier that you may have generalized anxiety disorder i just like to tell people that if you kind of feel like you struggle all the time with worrying you find that you always are worrying it may be a good thing to have that assessed by a counselor or mental health professional Post-traumatic stress disorder. This is if you've experienced some type of traumatic disorder or traumatic traumatic event, and now it's causing other things that might be going on. So you can have PTSD even as an adult, down to getting bit by a dog, or getting into a car accident, or watching someone get killed, or um, experiencing um, sexual abuse, uh, sexual assault molestation. Um, There's so many layers to PTSD. Um, You could have been in a fire. You could have had um, so many different things I could go into with PTSD. This can also impact negative self-talk as well. Psychosis, that's a little bit of a deeper topic, but psychosis is kind of around delusional thinking, um, hearing voices, hallucinations, things of that nature. Um, Assessive compulsive disorder. So this would be OCD. This is not, oh, I really like to be clean. This is where you do like a lot of checking. You're very particular about how things are. You may not want certain things like cleaning dis- c- um, compulsions. That's a whole nother podcast for another day, y'all. And then social anxiety disorder. And this is for people who really struggle being in social situations or really struggle with making friends in the sense of you really, really look at yourself as... Maybe weird or you don't like to be around people. This is a lot to, this is a very deep, these are very deep topics. So don't worry, I will do other podcasts on these. But this can be a higher chance of you experiencing negative self-talk if you struggle with some of these things. In the general way though, not everyone struggles with uh, or has a disorder of this kind. You may just have general anxiety, sis. You may just literally be stressed out with work and beat yourself up or might have had for my people who are might, might be African-American, you might have microaggressions at work and you just may be stressed out. So again, as I'm talking about this, these are kind of the other things related to negative self-talk. Some general things also could be increased stress. Um, you might just have a lot of stressors. You might have a bunch of kids. <laughs> I got two kids and I feel like I got a bunch of kids. Um, you also might have some transitions that recently happen, grief can be a thing related to uh, negative self-talk of just just how you're processing it too and so just be mindful of that as your general awareness i'll also link an article below um that you can kind of read a little bit more um in general around negative self-talk and we'll go from there on that if you're interested so in general, I like to talk about where can negative where does negative self-talk come up often. And so, from what I've seen, I feel like negative self-talk comes a lot up um in the Gen Z millennial generation with comparison, especially with the increase of social media. I say this I say this all the time to my mom because we talk about social media a lot. She's a little bit from the older generation. And what I have found is, and especially if you are a millennial or Gen Zer and you have a parent that's maybe in their 50s, 60s, you may find that your parent is a lot more anxious than normal when it comes to the news. As general, I believe we are, but more anxious when it comes to the news. They check the news often, they're more scared to go outside. They came from a generation that had no exposure to social media. And so because of that, they look at a lot of times the news as um, their information. They were used to newspapers. They were used to hearing things like weeks down the line. They were used to getting the truth from the news instead of it being now this uh, media game of ratings. And so because of that, their exposure is different. I say this to go back to social media of as adults and also Gen Zers, they were you know, truly the generation that came up that was exposed to cell phones very early. We have a little bit more stress when it comes to negative cell talk because we are highly exposed to everyone in their lives all the time. I have taken more social media breaks this year. Like I'm currently on social media break. I'm not getting back on social media until February because of just how damaging I have seen it be for my mental health to be on social media. And I don't say that to be like cocky or nothing, but just like understanding how I'm so much more self-aware of this is not helpful for me to be on. I'm noticing I'm scrolling more. I'm picking at my life a little bit more. I'm not spending time with my kids as much because I'm on my phone. Like just so many more things of realizing that social media can be so damaging to yourself and so because of that, you may have more negative self-talk because of comparison, because of exposure to social media. And not to say that for people whose lives are on social media in the sense for work or things you have to do, if you are like a marketing person or you do things for social media, it's understandable, but also in a general sense, you need to be aware of what, how is social media impacting you, which is something you can talk to about with a therapist. So comparison is also a big part of why we can have negative self-talk because we're picking at our lives more than we probably think about. Like for myself, I can't really get on TikTok. One, because it's just a time sucker. And two, there's just so much content that makes me feel as though my life isn't enough. Like I even think there are times where I'm like, dang, I should have been an influencer or dang, I should have went into this line of work instead of being content with what I am doing in my own life right now, it becomes harder to do so because of that. And also, if you have struggled with self confidence, your pattern of confidence may be not that helpful being on social media. You really may need to take time away to work on yourself. I was thinking about this the other day and I was um, processing with God around. You know, this year has been a year for me to kind of recalibrate a lot of things for myself mentally, my relationship, really more than anything is recalibrating my relationship with him because truly you're going to go through ebbs and flows in your relationship with God. It's not always going to be great. I feel like I'll be more solid in my relationship with God when I'm in my 40s and my 50s than where I am now because I'll just have history with God in a more mature way. But I say all that to say, I just kind of told the Lord, like, you know, if you can take a year to work on yourself, a year to figure it out, you will find that you'll get so much more in the years to come because of that that time. And so what would it cost you to take six months to a year to think about and work on yourself a little bit more in your confidence and the things you're grounded in, the things you're called to, the things that are important and prioritize so you? And even when I say call to things, I'm not always talking about going after success things. I'm talking about, are you called to your family? Are you called to your spouse? Are you called to, to really cultivate your single, single season? Are you called to your job to like steward your job well? Are you getting to work on time? Are you dressing okay to work? Are you earning your clothes, sis? Like, are you stewarding yourself well? Are you stewarding your heart well? And so with that, that's just something I've been thinking about and I wanted to bring up. The other thing that can increase um, negative self-talk is hardship. So are you experiencing a wilderness season or a hardship or a struggle right now? Because that can really, and that can be catch you off guard completely. And so it doesn't mean all the time that you're doing something wrong. Like I I, I really always say this to clients is just because you're experiencing a, a rough season right now, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. How you're handling it is okay for whatever you're dealing with you just may need to find some other strategies to deal with it or learn to sit in the feelings but all the time a lot of times what we do is we don't when we are experiencing hardship we don't pull on supports we tend to more so isolate and say oh, it's just gonna be me and god well baby listen let me tell you something um jesus was jesus was by himself but he always had people around him typically in every part of the Bible, a lot, when they were talking about Jesus, he was a lot of times talking to people or was with people. And so we have to we we have to really think about that because we'll take these negative situations we've had with people in the past and generalize them as nobody is to be trusted. And that's just not even practical, nor is that true. And so you have to think about that when you're thinking about hardship because when you're experiencing hardship, you need support. Okay. I'll talk about that in another podcast. Um, And so also you may have an overwhelming amount of tasks or a lot more stressors. This can increase negative self talk as well. So I want to talk about how we can practice being kinder to ourselves. There's a term that's often thrown around around giving yourself grace. And I want to really be able to break down what I think that looks like. There's an episode I did on how to practically give yourself grace. Um, It talks a little bit more about productivity. I used to do productivity coaching. I don't offer that anymore. So it's it's an old episode. But um, I wanted to be able to kind of give you a little bit of understanding around the term give yourself grace. So essentially what I tell myself a lot of times and clients is sometimes the day is just going to suck. It just is what it is. It's It's can be often this mentality that we're just going to have the best day all the time and it just won't happen that just won't always happen. The other thing is that each day is your first time doing the day Go with me for a second each new day is your first time doing the day you've never experienced december fifteenth twenty twenty four before december um july twenty seventh twenty twenty four you never experienced that before. And so because of that, you have to approach each day as a new day. There's a couple things that I'd like to point out um, scripturally. The Bible talks about when Jesus was saying, um, was praying the prayer to the disciples after he talked to them about, uh, when they asked him, how do we pray? He said, give us this day our daily bread. And then the other thing is he talked about in, I think it's Matthew Don't worry about tomorrow because today has its own troubles. Today, the day you're in, has its own set of problems. So if we're so consumed with tomorrow or what happened yesterday, we lose the perspective of giving ourselves the kindness to walk through the day. Each day you're going to be learning something new. And it's important to know that you practicing kindness to yourself is important. And so I'll say this to clients around when they're overwhelmed or they're talking about different things is... How can you practice being kind to yourself today? Maybe today is just not the best day. And that's okay. But to beat yourself up about what's going on externally, internally, and beating yourself up is so unkind. You wouldn't tell this to a friend. You wouldn't say the things you say to yourself to your best friend. I know you wouldn't, sis. And so how can we begin to practice kindness to ourselves? Sometimes it's sitting in the feelings. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's stepping away. Sometimes it's actually, especially for my moms out there, giving the kids to your partner. Regardless of if they don't parent like you do. These kids and everybody's situation is different. But these kids were half somebody else's. And so giving yourself the time to take care of you and whatever that looks like. Advocating for yourself. How can you practice advocating for yourself? Instead of kind of letting things happen and being passive, That's so unkind to be passive. It's unkind to be passive because here's the thing. When people want something, they're not passive to you. When people want your time, they're not passive to you. They ask for it. They advocate for it. So why can't we do the same? We also have to be mindful that a big part of stewardship is stewarding our hearts. And if your heart is broken, if your heart is experiencing pain... Go to counseling to get it stewarded. It's important to understand that to be a thing. Okay. Um, So let's kind of get more practical. Here are some things that I have done that have been very helpful for me. And I also, you know, really, really like to tell people about these things um, whenever I'm doing uh, sessions or if I'm talking to someone like a friend or something. So before we get into that, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors okay so one of the first things i like to do is um ask a lot of people what is your spiritual diet what is your spiritual diet this is something that god brought to my perspective um earlier this year in fact it was before he told me to get off social media um he said this is your spiritual diet uh and so it included getting off social media, but also included spending time with him on a consistent basis. My time with him was very inconsistent, and also making sure that I spent time with my children, um, making sure I in took like in like took in a lot of different positive messages. So I beefed up my sermons. I beefed up the podcasts I listened listened to because, again. I was intaking so much negativity from social media that it was really impacting the way I processed things, the way I dealt with things and felt I, I really went through that time period of not being on social media, realizing that work and what I was doing or what I quote unquote did for God was my identity. And I wrapped my identity in it. And I think those things are subtle because There's such a desire to want to do and please the Lord. But oftentimes, those things that we want to do to please God can become idols. And we don't realize that our hearts are not able to steward those things well without God. And so we take the perspective of, I'm doing this for the Lord, and it becomes an idol. Like the actual performance nature of us doing these things become an idol instead of the Lord being who he is. And so... Because of that, um, it created a lot of things of if I'm, if I'm experiencing hardship, I'm not doing well, you know why? Because I'm not going to God to help carry the burden. I'm having this perspective that I should be the one to handle this because you gave it to me. When all actuality, most of the time, nothing that we do has the, (laughs) we can't outthink God. There's just no way he so unorthodox, so, so like completely outside of the scope that if you had the perspective that you can do things on your own, baby, listen, you will fall short every single time. And so I say this to say, what is your spiritual diet? Are you in taking the word of God consistently? And so I'm going to do a bonus episode sometime. I'm not sure when I'll do it, but I'm going to do a bonus episode on just kind of some practical things I do to spend time with God. I show that on social media. I've done a thing in the past called the time with God challenge. Um, where I taught people how to actually practically spend time in the Bible, because I feel like that's not often talked about. How do we have devotion time? And so I'm going to do an episode on how to just practically spend time with the Lord. But what is your spiritual diet? On a weekly basis, how often are you spending time in your word? And this does not mean that if you're like in a busy season, it may look the same all the time. Sometimes your devotion time is in the car. Sometimes your devotion time is right before you go into work. Sometimes your devotion time is in the middle of your lunch your, your lunch break. Sometimes your devotion time is right before right when you put the kids to bed. Sometimes your devotion time is when you wake up in the morning. Sometimes your devotion time is with your family. Sometimes your devotion time is with your spouse. Sometimes it's with a friend. It does not always look the same. And even when I say devotion time, that's relative. Defining that looks different for everyone. But where are you inputting? Where are you giving time to the Father? Where are you giving time to spend time with Him? Where are you chewing on maybe one? I've been chewing on one scripture from Job for the last week and a half, literally. I've been just that scripture has been embedded in my head. And I've gotten so much revelation from it, from God, just in just meditating on it. Where are you inputting and meditating on the Word of God? That's the first thing. What is your spiritual diet? Um, and also, where's your consistency with this? Because, it again, it looks different. And I, I want to also say this to say, there's no judgment from God on, from him on what it looks like. And oftentimes, I think we think, oh, God is so mad at me, or I can't get this right. Or oh, God, you approach your time with God like, okay, Lord, here I am again, not spending time with you. And it's like, spending time with God is a benefit to you. He delights whenever you spend time with him. He enjoys it whatever you do. It's not a, it has to be this way. But oftentimes we come to our time with God with so much guilt of, here I am again, Lord, I'm just trying to figure it out. And I feel like I'm just not giving you my space. And it's like, just approach it with a perspective of, I'm I'm trying to figure out what my rhythm looks like. Your rhythm is going to look different in every season. When I was, um, when I just had my son, my second son, I didn't spend time with God the way I did before. I don't spend time with God the way I used to six months ago. Six months ago, I would I had a good amount of time, girl. I was like labeled for it in my every day. But I had the time. I don't have the time now. So it looks different. It's not always the same. And so don't approach it with this feeling of like shame or feeling ashamed about it. And and let me also say this. That's common when you are trying to figure out your, with, your rhythm. But if you have the perspective that God is mad at you or that it's a, he hates when you trying to figure it out and it's two weeks later, spend time with God is a benefit to you. But also what I'm going to say is what is distracting you? What is the thing that's taking the most of your time that you're doing? Are you on your phone on social media scrolling when you're in your time with the Lord? Then maybe it's time to just take a break from socials and get back on track. Or maybe put your phone in the other room. Like we talk about these strategies, but do we actually do them? So that's what I'm gonna say. So what is your spiritual diet? The second thing I'm gonna say is focus on one to three core thoughts. So one of the things I've done a lot um, in figuring out, you know, what are things that I want to focus on. I have kind of like two to th- two core thoughts that I've been honing in on. My first one is I can do hard things. The second one is God's plan is perfect because he's perfect. I kind of have learned to hold on to two things. When there was too many quote unquote affirmations, I get lost in the sauce, sis. I don't affirm myself in them. That list becomes too long. I'm too busy to sometimes sit and sit and look at the list and look in the mirror and say to myself, I'll just hold on to things. Now, some people can do that. Sometimes that's their way. I don't have that. So I have to hold on to ones that I can really, really say to myself. So one of the things is one is a personal one and one is an external one to God. I can do hard things tells me that whenever I'm stressed out or overwhelmed, like I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. These are also things I tell other people to reaffirm outwardly that other people can do hard things who I'm close to. The other one is God's plan is perfect because he's perfect. It reminds me that I don't have all the pieces to every single thing figured out. The father does. And so because he has all those pieces figured out, I don't have to worry in the details of whatever it's going to look like because he has that plan figured out. I don't. And so I rely solely on that because I trust that even if his my plan isn't perfect, his plan is perfect, and God has figured out all the details that I haven't figured out. So I land on that affirmation a lot. So what are the core things you're? Ta- what are some core things? What is one externally that you know is about God, and one externally, one internally about you? You can steal the ones I just created too. By the way, I'll leave them in the show notes. Um, I'll just type them out for you. Um, If you want to keep those for yourself, I'll put them in the show notes for you. Um, Community. That's the third thing, practically. How are you relying on community? How are you pulling from the people you trust? How are you talking to people you trust? Do you not trust anyone? Go get a therapist so you can talk about relationships and the fact that you don't trust people. This is why. I tell clients this all the time. I may be your only safe space, but I would rather you have one safe space to talk about your stuff or how you feel versus not having anybody that you trust. And if you feel like you don't even trust going to a counselor, then baby, you more really need one. Because more than likely, you are shutting yourself out from experiencing help from somebody because you just don't trust people. And that's just not helpful. It's it's really not helpful to be that way. Because it just damages your ability to gain perspective, gain outside perspective from other people, your safe space can't be a person who's on a TV screen or your phone that you don't even have any social equity with and that you're taking advice from. Nothing is wrong with listening to a sermon or somebody to listen to. But if you if that's your only intake, you're not outputting anything. You're not processing out what you're feeling. And so we have to get out of the space of wanting to be isolated all the time, or that other people aren't to be trusted, or have this fear, even if somebody has a different opinion than us, that they are from the enemy. All it's just—it's just—it it creates such. It creates such aloneness. And my hope for you, sis, or or Bro, because I I've had recently been listening to my podcast, but my hope for you, sis, is that that's not your life. That you could have rich community of people that you trust. And can be in relationship with. My life is so amazing because of the quality of relationships I have. Close and unclose. Like, I have a lot of acquaintances that I still am close to. But I also have some really, really bomb-ass friends. I just have to say it. Like, I have some really good friends. And the quality of my relationships have increased over time. And so where's your community that you can output things to? I process a lot with my community because I feel like they are in general just, I, I have I have one friend I talk to multiple times throughout the week. Another friend I talk to uh, one or two times throughout the week. Um, another friend I check in with her probably very often via FaceTime. I have another friend that we text often. We used to go walking together every single morning. We don't walk anymore because it's cold. And I had to switch my schedule, but I check in with her often. I have another friend who lives in another city that I check in with. And I have multiple friends who live in different places that I talk to. It's just, and I have friends for different reasons. And so it's just community is very helpful. But here's the thing, to be a good friend, You have to also, to have good friends, you have to also be a good friend. And so what are the ways that you find that you are not being a good friend or practicing that with, with, um, other people? And again, good friendship takes practice. So maybe you do suck as a friend, but you won't be a better friend unless you practice. So just keep that in mind. And then, um, really being aware of what are the negative things you're thinking about and switching them over to positives. So, um, one of the things I did recently, this was something I did a couple weeks ago. I'm always trying to find ways to practice, you know, working through my through my thoughts, um, is I um, wrote down all the negative things I was thinking and then immediately switched them to positive thoughts. What are my then-positive thoughts that I'm thinking about myself? Or how can I switch this from a negative to a positive? And then the last thing I would recommend, and this is if you just... You know have the space and time to is listen to things that give you language so I will list a couple of people in the show notes that I love um, one is Tim Ross um, he has a podcast called the basement um, there's a girl I follow on social media who I'm also uh, slightly internet friends with her name is Kobe Campbell Kobe did a couple podcasts um, earlier this year for me. If you listen to, listen to them, she has a podcast. She also has a online community. Please take advantage of that. But she also has a book called Why Am I Like This? And in her book, she basically talks about trauma and faith. But her book is called Why Am I Like This? How to Break Cycles, Heal from Trauma, and Restore Your Faith. And then there's also um, a lady who is very well known now. Her name is Dr. Anita Phillips. She has a book called The Garden Within. These are African-Americans. If you're not African-American, it's fine, girl. It's okay, sis. Um, These are a couple of people that I follow that talk about mental health and trauma. Um, They also give faith-based perspectives. So I think hearing people talk about things you're struggling with, especially from a faith perspective, it's helpful to have language. Most of the time... People that are talking about these things come from like an educated space, but also a real life experience space. I also wanted to point out Mike Todd's uh, book recently called Damage But Not Destroyed. One of my friends read it and she said it was so good. Um, so that's another book option to just have language to, um, if you don't like Mike Todd, it's fine. I just wanted to recommend the book. But like that, you know, f- 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 gleaming to these uh, things that give you language because we are robbed not because we are uneducated in something. We're robbed because we're not able to relate it to our real life. And so if you don't understand why you're experiencing something, you're likely to beat yourself up over something you're just not aware of. you don't know how to describe it. I hear from a lot of clients who say, I just don't know how to verbalize what's wrong with me. Well, it's because you don't have language. You don't know how to pinpoint to say, oh, I'm feeling disappointed today. Oh, I'm feeling rejected today. Oh, I'm feeling like I'm just beating myself up. You may not say that. You may just say, I'm just feeling so sad today. I'm feeling so mad today. And that doesn't give depth. And so these resources I'm giving you give a little bit more language to what you're feeling than... I'm just sad or I'm just angry. And so I think we have to take a time to educate ourselves. Now, you can listen to podcasts, you can read books, you can look at sermons, you can do all these things in your spare time. It doesn't have to be a lot for it to be effective. Okay. Now, if you're not a book reader, sis, don't buy a book. <laughs> but if you are, maybe listen to an audiobook, check out a book from the library. I told a client to go get <laughs> a library card. The other day because it, it just offers a free resource to get these in, to get this information and so don't limit yourself on your ability to go search out these things i will list them those resources for you in the show notes you can take advantage of them um and hopefully they will be an asset to you before we close out let's hear a quick message from our sponsors if you enjoyed this week's episode just in recap We talked about negative self talk, the awareness around negative self talk, where negative self talk can come from, ways that you can practice being kind to yourself. Um, And I gave you some practical tools around uh, what is your spiritual diet, what are you listening to, community, your three, one to three core thoughts, changing your negative thoughts into positive thoughts, and also educating yourself on different. Um, aspects around this, so I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I enjoy talking to you, sis. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and also leave me a review. If you could, please go down to if you are on Apple iTunes, scroll down to the bottom, and leave the podcast a five star review. I love to hear from y'all. I also love reading them. It really, really encourages my heart and makes me really happy and keeps me going. Also, you may not have noticed, but the podcast cover has shifted. I am changing the name of the podcast next year. Um, And so I'm really excited about it. So you may kind of see a different correlation of the podcast cover as also the name of the podcast that will be shifting soon. But I want to do some episodes just kind of explaining the nature of the change of the name and everything. But I'm really excited about the new things that are coming. Uh, I'm planning to get into actual uh, podcast production. So what that looks like is doing videos where y'all can actually see me talking Um, and enjoy the podcast, both audio and visual as well, but that'll be later on down the line, but I wanted to make some shifts before that happened. So keeping you in the know of everything that's going on. And again, if you enjoy this week's episode, make sure you share it with a friend and I love y'all and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.